It's Thursday, but it's Wayne on Wednesday because yesterday was a cluttered show and I didn't want Wayne McCurry's offering to be diluted. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment and this podcast is proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. The thing that really struck me today, first thing this morning, was... Woolworths, a trading update. And although it's not spectacular, it's better than it has been. And the market seemed to react quite positively to it, Wayne. The market loved it. It's the best news we've got out of Woolworths for what seems forever, to be totally honest. It's the best news out of them forever. Now, the real good news is, is, I suppose, two aspects. The biggest one by far is they've managed to dramatically turn around their non-food South African business. Right. Because the first three months of the year, turnover growth was negative. They went back to basics effectively on their fashions, on their homeware, on all of that stuff. And they showed very good real growth in the last six months of this reporting, uh, the last six months of this reporting period. So they've done extremely well in turning that business because that was that business was really going downhill. They got their merchandising wrong. They got their product offering wrong, the whole lot. So kudos to them. Congratulations to them. They've turned around that one business. Secondly, their food business is actually still doing quite well. They're getting a little bit of food inflation, 2.5% food inflation into the system. Now, of course, you ask anyone who shops at Woolies and you ask them, has the price of the goods you buy at Woolies gone up only by 2% in the last year? And they'll die laughing. Because in people's perception, food has gone up 30% in the last six months. But according to their official numbers, they've, they've got very low food inflation and they had very high real turnover growth in the food division. And then just they didn't give much information on David Jones, but in Australian dollars, turnover was fat which is a marked improvement on what's been happening in the, in the well, ever since they bought it, basically. So the market really liked this. I don't know what the share ended up, but it's probably up about 7%, but at one stage up about 9%. So yeah. the, the first bit of good news out of Woolies for what seems forever. Yeah, and yeah, the quite, market rewarded them for that. Yes, and, and quite right. I mean, it, it's almost as though it's not as though the market is clutching at straws. But after so much negativity over the last two, maybe even two and a half years, this is something that will shake the shorts out first of all, and yes. also encourage the people. And I know there was one very big investment house buying in the forties. I noticed the stock exchange new service announcement about a significant interest in Woolworth Securities not that long ago. So well done to them, whoever they were. I can't yes. remember who it was now, but, but but yes, great value there. But let's not forget that the share price is still roughly half of what it was from yes. its peak. And that's taken a taken a pounding, and they fell for the normal trick that all South African, not all South African corporates fall for, but all the ones that went overseas fell for. They made two mistakes essentially. They bought a business that was just too big. In other words, they were not quite betting the farm, but they weren't far off betting the farm. They weren't they weren't too far off from betting the farm on the business. And they all bought fixer uppers. You don't buy good businesses, they bought something that needed fixing. Mm. And I suppose you can boil it down to maybe a bit of arrogance that you can go into a country where you've had no real experience and fix up a business that's not on its knees, but that's clearly not succeeding. So that's famous brands, that's Woolworths and quite a few others. But yeah, 
at least the SA business now seems to be firing on more cylinders than what it was firing on. Let me ask you this question. Is it because of a change in corporate activity at Woolworths, in other words, a a new strategy, or is it a combination of that plus a bottoming of the South African economy and the household starting to spend again? Well, look, there's been quite a few signs, but in a contradictory signs, unfortunately, that the bottom, that the South African economy does seem to be bottoming. New vehicle sales were up a little bit. Um, there were quite a few positives and quite a few negatives, but, you know, I would say maybe it is bottoming. But retailers every now and again get their merchandising wrong and their price points wrong in any particular season, and they're punished for it. And I think that's more, I don't think so. I don't think it's a structural thing with Woolworths, but in their non-food offerings, they clearly got it wrong. Now, I must admit, I, I cannot talk in any form, media format, about Woolworths without mentioning one particular thing. Okay. And that is, why did they take the salt and pepper calamari off their shelves? This is one and of your... It was my best buying. Yes. But it was my, one of my best meals at Woolworths, and they took it off the shelf, and I might as well throw in the salted peanut ice cream as well that they also took off their shelves. But let's put that aside. Let's put it behind us. No, no, let's not put it aside, Wayne, because it's terribly important. I was speaking to Greg Davies from Kratos Capital this morning, and I said that, you know, you go into Woolworths, and they have the beautiful packaging and lovely colors, and it's all very well set out and everything, and you get used to something, and suddenly it disappears. And suddenly it disappears. And yeah. that annoys me. That's because, obviously, because uh, people don't have the same tastes as, as you and I. There are younger people yeah. with more buying power and more propensity to spend at Woolworths than, than we have, Wayne. But if you want your salt and pepper squid back, I would write a letter to, um, what's the chap's name who's in charge? I can't remember. I haven't spoken to him for ages. But I would, yeah. I would give him a, a call and say that you're a concerned salt and pepper squid consumer. Yeah, but I mean, I've mentioned this over a number of years now on all sorts of media platforms and uh, Woolworths have never come back to me and said, mm. we're really sorry you've taken your salt and pepper calamari off. But anyway, as I said, I must move on. Let me, let me put it behind me now. Yeah, there's another thing. But it, well. was a good, it was a good result. Yeah, there's another thing you could do, of course. You could go to the Fisherman's Deli in, in the northern suburbs of Johannesburg, buy, yeah. your, buy your own squid, get a recipe from Jamie Oliver because he's got a good salt and pepper squid recipe, and maybe do it yourself for a change. I mean, you're very good with yeah, cars and tinkering under bit, bonnets. Why not do a bit a of tinkering bit like, in the kitchen? I actually, I, don't, I actually don't mind cooking. I actually do a fair amount of cooking. I haven't really thought about that. Mm. It was way easier just to go buy it at Woolies. Mm. Yeah, you're quite right. You're quite right. Apart from Woolies and salt and pepper squid, what, what, what are you seeing at the moment, Wayne? Because what happened with the Fed, the US Federal Reserve, yes. over the last 48 hours was quite extraordinary. And it's, it's turned the market around again. It clearly has. So the market's turned around. I mean, the market went up quite strongly yesterday. Today, it's slightly down, led by resource shares. And, I mean, as you said, what the Fed chairman spoke about his Caesar. Actually, it wasn't really his, what, he, what he said. It was the prepared statement that actually did it. Interest rate cuts are on the way. Now, this is a blessing and a curse. Eh? It says good news and bad news. And we must not forget the bad news side of it. And the bad news side of it is they're cutting interest rates because the American economic growth rate is slowing down. So they're cutting it for bad reasons, but the market likes it because they're cutting it. Because the, you know, your 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 for want of a better word, your capitalization rate is falling, 
So therefore, the share market goes up. But ultimately, at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, the share market's driven by what's happening in the economy, not by interest rates. Interest rates are clearly a very, very important influencing factor in the valuation of the share market. But ultimately, it's not the driver. So in other words, if interest rates went to zero, and remember they were zero for a long time, if interest rates went to zero but the economy was crashing, stock market's not going up, it's going down. Yeah. So so it's the, it's the extent of the economic slowdown or the growth slowdown because at the moment, the economy is, is growing, is just growing at a slower pace or a slowing pace. How far is that going to go? What's President Trump going to do on the trade wars, on the tariff wars? You know, ultimately, that's going to determine where the stock market goes. Because the stock market is not cheap in America. Now, if you look at past relationships, whenever the economic momentum turns down, Stock market turns down as well. This time it's not, it's going up. So there's a nice little gap that's developed between a slowing economic growth rate and the stock market. And of course, that gap has been filled by lower interest rates because in the past, when the economy slows down, it's normally slowing down because inflation's going up and interest rates are going up. So this is the first time we've seen some sort of slowdown in the growth rate accompanied by falling interest rates, not rising interest rates. So it is a little bit unusual, but you know, I'll come back to what I've said a few times now. At the end of the day, the economy drives the stock market, not interest rates. Yes, yes it really does. And ultimately, interest rates in the, in the medium to long term do drive company profits as well. One thing that has yes. been, been driving one particular stock that I want to talk about before we close this discussion is Sassel. It wasn't that long ago I was talking to a stockbroker and we were saying, look, look at how nicely it keeps on bouncing off 350 rand per share. Yeah. And here, here no, we are now in the low 320s. Uh, obviously, yeah. it's, it's a rand factor because the oil price has had a huge spike in the last two days because of Correct. problems in the Straits of Hormuz. Well, Sassel has done quite a bit, actually. It's gone, it's gone down, gone yeah. down 3-4% It's gone down, yeah. yeah. This disturbs yeah, me. Yeah, look, it does disturb me. Sassel's very cheap at these, at these price levels. Look, Let's divide Sassel into two halves, the oil part and the chemicals part. The oil part, the oil part's doing fine. The rand price oil is fine. As you said, oil went up a little bit. That's all good. But on the chemicals side, then let's just divide that into two. First is the Lake Charles project. Markets worried, is there any more bad news coming out there? Is it going to cost mm-hmm. another billion dollars? Is it going to take another six months? Now, I actually had a long discussion at the office today about Sassel because of this, obviously, this falling share price. The Lake Charles project is literally almost there. There's this one part of the project where they've already told us they've still got to spend $400 million to get it up and running. Wow. But that's the only – but look, remember they told us two or three months ago that they're going to spend a billion dollars extra. So this is $400 million of the billion. So it's not new news to the market. We've already been shocked by that news. But that's – call it that's 20% of the output. All the other stuff is basically up and running and either generating revenue or almost generating revenue. So I don't think there's a possibility of more bad news out of Lake Charles. But just having said that, I went to lunch with the two managing directors of Sassel beginning of December last year, yes. and they eyeball to eyeball, eh? 
they said Lake Charles is on is on cost and on time. And so they lied, in other later, words. Well, they just didn't know, and that's maybe even as frightening as lying. I don't think they lied. I think they just didn't know. Mm. Um, okay, so the lake, let's put the Lake Charles side. That, as it sits now, looks okay as per what they've told us. However, the actual market that Lake Charles works in, the chemical markets, these margins are at record lows because there's so much extra output that's come from people like Sassel building plants like Sassel's build, built. And especially in China, there's huge output. So these margins are at record lows. And I think that's mainly what's driving the Sassel share price down. And of course, what I also found out today, plenty of guys shorting Sassel there. But let's look on the positive side. Sassel in two years' time can earn 50 rand a share profits. Sassel in two years' time can pay you, two, three years' time can pay you maybe, well, not pay you, but they will generate maybe 70, 80 rands cash flow per share. Massive, eh? It is massive, and it's just—it's the same as every commodity company. When it when yeah. it's down, it's down and out, and no one loves it. But when it when it's up, everyone wants. When to it goes, it. it goes. Yeah, it really does, yeah. and that is classic with with Sassel and with the Rand where it is at the moment. Then people, it's always going to be under pressure. But yeah. yes, it is one not for the faint-hearted, but one for. But your but your but your forward P in two years' time is six seven. Mm. You know, which is nothing. That's which is nothing. Yeah. You know, and Sassel trades that you used to trade at a 10, maybe it trades at a 9 now because of the dent in credibility and all the mistakes they've made with Lake Charles. But even if you trade at a 9 PE and you're making 40, 50 rand earnings, that's significantly higher than where the share price is now. But there is danger in the next six months. There's lots of talk about cutting the dividend. I don't think they'll do it. There's lots of talk about selling the jewels to raise some money. I don't think they're going to do it. But I can promise you, if the oil price falls to 50, Sassel's not paying you a dividend. Their cash flow will come in the series. They've done it pressure. before, haven't but they? That, they've but done that's it if the oil price. They, no, I don't think Sassel has. They've no. cut their dividend I, I, recently. Did they, did they not in the last two years announce a You a, may be right. I just, um, as, as, as we were speaking about, you may be right. I don't think so. But as we were speaking about earlier, when you get to our age, you can't even remember what you did yesterday. <laughs> Let alone what happened a year ago or two years ago. Speak for yourself, McCurry. Uh, Wayne McCurry, thank you. Just to actually to end on this, if you can remember, yeah. uh, would you be buying Woolies and Sassel now? We already own Woolies, unfortunately, and we bought Sassel on the bad news of the Lake Charles project. So we bought higher than this, but not that much higher, thank goodness. Wayne, thank you very much for your insight. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment, and that was Wayne on Wednesday, on Thursday.